0: Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Daniel Al Sudini. He's based overseas. He's an employee at a current company and can't wait to break free. For your chance to win 100 bucks, Top Tribe, simply subscribe to the podcast now and then text the word Nathan to 33. 33- Four 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 to prove that you did it again text the word nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it i give away a hundred bucks every monday top job good morning you are listening to episode 286 tune in bright and early tomorrow morning to hear from kim barrett he's 27 and is actually making money lots of money as a social media consultant in today's episode you guys are going to hear from guest hosts yuri and jacob they're big fans of the show. They said, Nathan, we would love to do an episode. And I said, you know what? Go for it. So they're about to go live with you guys. I want you to text me at 703-431-2709. That's my personal phone number. And let me know if you think I should have Yuri and Jacob do more shows. Again, text me or tweet to me or communicate with me somehow and tell me if you think I should let Yuri and Jacob do more shows. Here they are.
1: Good morning, listeners. This is Yuri Rahimi. I'm joined here with my partner, Jacob Sammy, and I think you'll like our guest today. His name is Madison Madison Wickham, CEO and founder of Grandex. Grandex is a media company based out of Austin, Texas, most famous for their wildly popular entertainment content creating sites, including Total Prat Move, total sorority move, post-grad problems, and recently successful clothing lines like Rowdy Gentlemen and Man Outfitters, offering unique accessories from bow ties to t-shirts. Grand X was founded in 2010 and has since attracted quite a large social media reach, amassing millions of followers on various platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Madison, are you ready to take us to the top? Let's do it. So tell me exactly how TFM and Grand X started and take me to where you're at now.
2: Sure. Yeah. So we're going on about six years. So uh, June, 2010, a buddy of mine that I went to school with and was fraternity brothers with and roommates with, uh, we were both about three years out of school. He hit me up with the idea for TFM, which was uh, just a very simple one-liner comedy website where we tried to capture the essence of college fraternity life in all its glory and absurdity in these one-liner comedy bits that would be very highly shareable on on platforms like Twitter. So that was that was kind of the seed, the the spark that got things going. My background's in web development. So the the initial website that we were building was was fairly simple and something I could handle with my limited skill set in web development at the time. Uh, so you know we we uh, we we viewed it as Um, we very much intended to make a business out of it, but our business plan was extremely ambiguous, uh, and you know, it actually did not exist in any kind of physical form. Uh, it was the the idea in our heads was if we can capture an audience with unique content that speaks to a certain very specific group of people, uh, and we can get enough people engaged in what we were doing and coming visiting our website every day then there would there would be all sorts of opportunities uh to monetize so that was the mentality and uh, as we got the initial iteration of TFM off the ground uh and it, it began gaining a following we were very opportunistic in looking at different ways that we could monetize that audience so the very obvious way to monetize a uh a a digital readership or audience is advertising so you know we we did the basic uh throw google adsense up and get a little bit of ad revenue trickling in and that's how we made our uh first bit of money um but we were never dead set on the idea that we were building a you know classic new york style media business and our model was advertising. So we were constantly looking at other ways that we could, um, that we could monetize the, the uh, this particular audience. And uh, since it was so niche, your college American college frat guys was, was our core demo. We knew who these guys were. We knew what they liked. We knew what they didn't like. Uh, and that, that very quickly led to us experimenting with, creating our own merchandise, uh, which started as just t-shirts you know, we were already crafting content for this audience. So we said, why, why not create some funny t-shirts, throw them up on a simple e-commerce site and, um, get word out there through the channels that we'd created with, uh, the website and social media. And that really worked well. And it was something that we understood and felt like we had a lot more control over than, battling the uh, extremely competitive and complex world of digital advertising. So we really gravitated towards merchandise and e-commerce. And most of our efforts from a business perspective were spent in figuring out how we could uh, expand upon what we were doing with the merchandise side of our business.
1: So you started uh, off with uh, Google AdSense and always knew you wanted to get into selling apparel. At what point did you realize this was a legitimate business and take us through the process of going from, say, a Twitter account or website to a fully functioning media company with now over 40 employees?
2: Sure, yeah,
1: yeah. So um, <laughs> as
2: I, told, I mentioned we were both about three years out of school at the time, so we were both working you know, other uh, real jobs and... When we start, when we launched TFM in June 2010, um, we were we were still working um, those jobs for for a while. For I mean, not not that long, but for about four months, we were uh, we were doing this kind of in the evenings on the weekends. Um, and as traction continued to uh, gain steam, uh, I mean, we really we really struck the right nerve with this audience and it was a very organic spreading across the country into these pockets of fraternity guys, you know, across the country, uh, even leading into the post-grad crowd or, or younger into the, the high school crowd looking to, um, getting excited about their future, um, uh, um, endeavors in the, the college scene. Um, we just kept seeing really strong growth and really strong engagement. And we hit a point where we had, I want to say, I think like $2,000 a month coming in through ad revenue. Um, but I mean, our expenses were basically non-existent. We had like a $150 a year hosting package. I was doing everything technical. Uh, my partner was, was, was managing all of the content. Um, we were working out of our houses. So we looked at that and we were like, all right, you know, that's not enough to live on. But I mean, in four months, we were able to get this thing to two grand a month. And we have a sizable audience that's continuing to grow. So looking out, you know, another six months, we could be at five, six, $7,000 a month or, you know, whatever. And so we, we, we really got to the point where we felt like we were dragging our feet by not diving in full time. And I mean, I was 25 at the time, so, uh, it's not like I had a ton of overhead. Um, and, uh, uh, we just decided to, to dive in. And I mean, I guess at that point we knew, it was moving in the direction of becoming a real business where we, we fully, we fully a hundred percent believe that there was the potential to build a sustainable business. How, how big that business could become um, was still kind of a question mark though. I mean, we had pretty big aspirations. Um, and, uh, yeah, interesting thing about that particular period in time. Um, I was, uh, Uh, my, I I put in my two weeks notice
1: at my job, my full-time job, 10 days after my
2: first kid was born. So I had a 10 day old, uh, and I, I quit my job with solid salary and stable benefits to dive full-time, um, into a, into a frat blog that, you know, who, who knew where that was going to go. So, um. (laughs) <laughs> uh but you know all the all the all the more um uh, motivation to figure out how to make it work
1: okay you mentioned making two thousand dollars relatively early on when was that in, in terms of 2010
2: 2011 it was I want to say June I think it was October towards the end of October is when we decided to dive in uh and I think August our th- August was our third month live. And I think August ended at about two thousand dollars in ad revenue. And October was pacing to to do even more than that. I think maybe double that. In two thousand ten. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we yeah, yeah, you know, so I mean so we were just looking at it, and we were like, all right, this is it's not it's not just gonna it's not just gonna fall off a cliff. If anything, you know, it it we dive in and it slowly dies. And, you know, we were, we were wrong that it was, that this thing would be sustainable long term. We go back to square one and get normal jobs again. So, uh, that was kind of the rationale. And I mean, obviously, still, it's kind of downplaying how terrifying it is to quit a good job and, and jump into something that's extremely uncertain. But, um, it was probably like, like minus the, 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 the fear, it was, like, the most, like, liberating thing that I've ever done in my
1: life. Okay, so have you guys raised any money from outside investors or have you, like, historically used recurring revenue to fund your growth? Because going from maybe 2010, where you're doing 2000 a month and where you're at now with 40 employees, there are a lot of, there's a lot more overhead in that.
2: Sure, yeah. So the financing... Uh, history of the company has been interesting uh, for me in particular because I don't have any prior to this. I don't have a background in finance, but I, I was a psychology major and I think I, I think I got like a C in accounting. I, I don't really remember. Um, so I, I, I don't have any kind of strong foundation for finance, um, but I've had an extreme crash course on how business finance works, uh, in navigating everything we've had to navigate, uh, growing the company. Uh, so now I feel like I have a very, very strong understanding of all the various aspects of financing a business. Um, and it's funny because, you know, uh, uh, since neither my partner or I had any, any prior, um, real hardcore business experience. We just we were just kind of navigating the company based on what we thought made sense. And to us, we didn't really under like we had we had no um, familiarity with the concept of burning cash to grow a business like the whole Silicon Valley. Uh, we're going to go raise 10 million bucks and we don't know how we're going to make money, but we're going to grow our user base and figure it out later. Like that was not something that we were really even familiar with. So we just always thought that businesses existed to make more money than they spent. So that's how we ran the business. And uh, you know, meanwhile, trying to grow it as fast as we possibly could, but for the first three and a half years, we uh, ran the business, profitably. Um, I mean, we were riding the line constantly and trying to push our, you know, any excess process, uh, profits back into the company, um, to, to continue growing. Uh, but we ended up building a relationship with a guy named Jim Schneider, who's a uh, former CFO of Dell and, um, is a very active angel investor here in Austin. Uh, this was yeah. This was probably about three years in. We we met him um, through. He was the the uh, dad of a friend's friend, um, and uh, he was intrigued by what we were doing. Um, he's uh, he, he's he's done both the big corporate exec thing as CFO of Dell. He's also started a bank, um, which has, uh, the the parallels are are intre- it It's interesting how, uh, how many parallels there are between anybody starting any kind of business, no matter how unrelated the substance of the business is, it's, it's the same kind of stuff. So, you know, he's, he's gone from like a, I think that when they started, they acquired a bank that had like $4 million in assets. And now they've got like, I don't know, like close to a billion in assets, like crazy growth in a short amount of time. So he's got, he's got a lot of, uh, lots of great insights. And he's just like a really cool dude. Uh, but he, he's obviously like as financially competent as, as it gets. So he was able to really help me understand a lot about finance and the idea of, um, of, of basically we, we, we started talking to him about the idea of raising money to uh, amp up our team because we were at a point where there was so much going on. and We had so few people on the team that we were spending the majority of our time managing uh, all of the existing stuff. And it was hard to push on anything new. There were just bottlenecks all over the place because we didn't have enough people to do everything that we wanted to do. So we, we put together a, a plan to raise money from a bunch of different angel investors. Uh, the, the nice thing about where we were um, at that time, we, we had, we'd already built a substantial business. So we put together, we basically put together an offering under the terms that we wanted to raise money uh, and just approached a bunch of different high net worth people and essentially said, here's the round we're raising, here are the terms if you're interested. Okay, Great. so how, how much did you raise? We ended up raising about 2.3 million um, over, it was, a, it was a long drawn out process. It was, it was, it was kind of like running around like like r- closing people over, over like maybe 12, 12 months, um, so.
1: What was the valuation of that?
2: We, uh, it was, we raised it at a $20 million pre-money
1: valuation. And how'd you get to that number? Was that like a multiple times your sales, your AdSense revenue at that time? Take me through how you got to that valuation. Yeah. I mean, it was just kind of made up like
2: any valuation is, uh, (laughs) but, um, I mean, the way that we kind of articulated it in, um, mathematical terms was, uh, I believe we said three and a half times top line revenue, um, which it, it's weird because, you know, you have that whole like predicament of as soon as you start generating revenue, then it gives investors a metric to use uh, as a basis for valuation prior to generating revenue. You can just totally pull numbers out of your ass uh, and <laughs>
1: you know with uh with that 20 million dollar revenue i'm so you know i'm I'm trying to do the math in my head a little bit so that's somewhere at around that time early 2014 you're doing maybe like six million a year so let's pivot a little bit and go into the five different sites that grand x is operating with both content and merchandise can you break down the both business models and tell us exactly how you guys are making money
2: sure yeah so um Our revenue is still heavily weighted towards our consumer product business, and um, the the, the t-shirt operation evolved over time into what's now Rowdy Gentlemen, which is our clothing brand, where we're uh, designing, sourcing, and manufacturing uh, a a spectrum of products. wear products that uh, we're selling online at rowdygentleman.com, but we also sell through a fairly large network of, uh, of brick and mortar retail partners. Uh, about 450 individual doors uh, carry the product uh, in their stores. And so, the, so we've got the whole wholesale uh, distribution side, the direct consumer side um, online. And then our most recent um expansion on the consumer's product side of our business is uh, manoutfitters.com, which is a premium online men's retail store where we are curating product from about 75 different menswear brands. Um large well-known brands like Patagonia and Cole on Costa del Mar to smaller, lesser known brands that we discover in kind of scouring uh the 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 menswear space looking for for cool up-and-coming brands that that work well with the particular merchandise offering that we're trying to put together um and that that's done exceptionally well we launched it in february of last year and uh it's it's growth has uh, majorly exceeded our expectations
1: so how much revenue did you did grandix bring in in 2015 in 2015, we were around $10 million. Okay, so that's you know, that's about a 66% increase from what you were doing in 2010, so you're growing at a pretty rapid pace. I'm assuming uh, most of Grand X's revenue comes from TFM, is that correct?
2: Uh, so most of the revenue actually comes from Rowdy Gentlemen, sale of Rowdy Gentlemen products.
1: Okay, so can you, can you kind of break down what percentage of the sales comes from ads as opposed to uh, mer- the merchandise you guys promote? Or sell and help me understand: Are you guys distributing in-house content as well, or is it all third-party products you're selling? So on the
2: on the uh, consumer product side of the business, Rowdy Gentleman is all our own uh, designed and manufactured products uh, labeled Rowdy Gentleman. Man Outfitters is largely third-party brands that we're pulling product in. Um, and we, we do have a few private label products and we also sell a selection of Rowdy Gentleman products through Man Outfitters. Um, and then on the media side of the business, uh, we, we do have a, um, a significant ad business. Um, and you know, we really look at them in kind of two different silos. There's a consumer product business and we heavily utilize the media outlets to, um, amplify any, any, uh, marketing that is being done, uh, for the consumer product brands. But the media business is really a standalone business where we have a, um, full team of content creators, uh, uh, writers doing and doing editorial content, um, video production, uh, podcasts. You know, we, we have, so so we, the, the content that exists on total TotalSportingMove.com and PostGuyProblems.com is about ninety-five percent produced in-house by our content team, um, with the remainder being user submitted. Uh, so, and you, we also have a, a fairly large network of freelance writers that are typically undergrad students that, um, that contribute to to the content. Uh, so. Um, and, and the model there, the, the model on the, on the media side of the business is what you would expect. It's, you know, we have, um, we're, we are working with brands and agencies to put together comprehensive promotional campaigns. Like for example, uh, we are in the middle of promoting the, uh, the, the Archer season seven on FX is coming up here and, um. I think it's the end of the month and we put together a whole campaign that we're pushing through, uh, through all of our channels, social media, on-site content, um, everything. So,
1: I mean, you do have a tremendous reach throughout different social media platforms. So how are you guys converting content consumers into apparel customers? Because I'm assuming most of the growth in your apparel business is, is basically from, uh, your various sites, right? Right. Yeah,
2: exactly. So that's, that's really the kind of, um, the, the, the media is the, the lifeblood of our business. So um, we are building both of our consumer product brands to stand alone um, on their own with their own social media followings, their own mailing lists and whatnot. And, uh, but we, we heavily utilize our, the channels that we've created through the media to amplify everything we're doing. So if we send... Uh, tweet out from man outfitters uh twitter feed we will oftentimes retweet it on tfm's twitter feed that has a million followers um similarly we'll throw a promotional instagram post up on the tfm instagram for rowdy gentlemen announcing you know some new product release or whatever and you know that'll drive a
1: ton of traffic yeah. I mean, to we, we love that because you're basically promoting your product with literally zero cost to you or very little cost to you. Right. Right. Yeah.
2: You know, and, and that's that's kind of it's interesting because. Um, we're essentially doing the same thing for advertisers that we're doing for our own consumer brands. I mean, It's, it's the same thing. We're coming up with ways to get a certain type of messaging and imagery in front of our media audience to promote a product or a service. And, you know, whether it's our own and operated brand or if it's Archer or if it's a Callaway golf, like, you know, we can, we're it's, it's at the end of the day, it's the same process, even though they're seemingly very different businesses.
1: Many of our listeners are entrepreneurs themselves, involved with e-commerce, interactively engaged with social media promoting. What has worked best for you, and what are some key metrics that you're looking at when you're promoting online? Sure, um, you know, so it's interesting because it's you've uh,
2: the most important thing is is being um, hyper aware of what's going on in the social media landscape because it changes so frequently. What works today won't work in six months in the same way. So for instance, at one point in time, Facebook was like the de facto way to drive crazy amounts of traffic, uh, through, um, a series of, of newsfeed, algorithm tweaks that like that, 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 uh, spigot totally dried up. Um, it went, was, was a fire hose at one point and now it's just kind of like a leaky faucet. Um, instagram over the last six months has been massive for us for for traffic i mean it's crazy because it's not even the, the amount of friction to get somebody to go from an instagram post to a link is high you can't link in the post itself you have to do something like click the link in our bio or someone just has to like go type it in their uh url bar uh but the, just because the engagement on Instagram is so high, we're able to drive crazy amounts of, of traffic to our commerce sites um, through uh, through posts on Instagram. But Instagram is owned by Facebook, and in recent news over the last couple of weeks, it sounds like they are very close to moving to an algorithm based feed. And I guarantee you the right, I mean, the right is on the wall. Like it's gonna, it's going to, it's gonna just plummet as a platform for marketers. Um, but then you, when something like that happens, there's, there's always like kind of a, um, a new place that emerges, so like Snapchat, has been really successful for us, and we're we're still kind of in the early stages of developing our Snapchat content strategy. Uh, and uh, but even even in the little bits that we've been able to uh, do, it's it shows a whole lot of promise. Um, I'm actually I'm actually really curious to see how Twitter continues to evolve because I mean, it, it, there's there's nothing but negative press out there for them. But they do have an opportunity to um, to win over uh, digital publishers and marketers um, if if they can if if they can continue to advance their algorithm based feed in a way that is beneficial versus um, uh, detrimental to uh, to those types of, of users. So anyway, I mean, I think it's just a matter of continuing to, to to survey the landscape and make sure that you're super privy to what's going on because stuff changes constantly.
1: understand. So what's next for Grandex? Is this company going to continue catering for lack of better words, you know, saying basically the frat culture or are you guys going to expand by keeping, um, keep on making different websites and target, and target audiences under the same umbrella?
2: Yeah, you know, so I think we've 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 done a good job of diversifying away from just pure frat comedy. Um, I mean, even with, with 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 Man Outfitters is a good example of um, something we've created that is positioned to work really well with the TFM demo, but also has much greater reach beyond the uh, you know the the typical college frat guy. I mean, really, I think this, the, the content at, on Total Frat Move um, currently hits a broader uh, demo than just simply college frat guys. We, we really, the content that we're pumping out caters to the larger 18 to 24 year old, uh, college and recent graduate demo. So, uh, and I mean, that's, that's evidence in the, uh, in the traffic numbers that we're driving, you know, if it was only frat guys, our, our numbers would be a lot smaller. Um, so, uh, and, and really it's gonna, I mean, we, we've, from the beginning, kind of set up the company to, uh, allow for horizontal growth. So where, you know, we have post-grad problems now that isn't, necessarily associated with um, with with uh, Greek life or you know whatever um, not to say that we don't I mean, we, we still believe there's tons of vertical growth left in, in the total fragment brand and total shorting of brand and really on the on the media side of the business it's just uh, it's a con- constantly trying to figure out how we can create better and more substantial content so we're really focused on video production, uh, short form video for, uh, for the web, but then we've also got some interesting things working in the, the, um, the TV and film feature world. Uh, we just were we're in on, uh, beginning of April, we are releasing, um, our first feature length length film called temps, which is, uh, done kind of under the the Postgrad problems brand and, um, in collaboration with, with a filmmaker and a writer who, um, who, who, uh, did an amazing job creating a, a, an incredibly awesome movie on a, on a small budget. And, um, we'll be, we'll be pushing that really hard through all of our channels and, um, uh, it's, it's. So there's, and there's, there's, there's some other stuff in the works there. So we're I mean really just looking at how we can um, continue to expand upon everything that we're doing and,
1: and um, make, make more, more substantial stuff. Yep. Before we get into the last part of the show, if people want to connect with you online, how can they best do that? Uh, so the best way to do it would be to go to our,
2: our company website, grandex.co, G R A N dex.co, not.com. .com. Um, that just lists out all of our brands, and um, there's links to the individual social media accounts for each of the brands. Uh, we also have uh, we also we, we're also beginning to, to dabble in the podcast world, um, and we have a, a couple different podcasts um, that. I'd recommend people checking out uh, Postgrad Problems is in, is very much in experimental mode, and right now is just on SoundCloud. But if you go to SoundCloud and search for Postgrad Problems, you can find the first couple of episodes that we're uh, experimenting with, um, and uh, some more established podcasts we have uh, inside TFM, which is fairly new, but can be found on any uh, on the podcast app or you know anywhere that. Syndicates podcasts. Uh, if you just search "Total Frat Move" or TFM, uh, it should pop up. And then we also have a uh, a podcast that's that's presented by Total Frat Move called the J Train Podcast with Jared Freed, who's a New York based comedian. Um, it's called the J Train Podcast, and that's that's been long running for the past. I think over three years now, uh, it was formerly called the TFM podcast and we've transitioned it into total Fragment of presents the J train podcast. Uh, and, and Jared's awesome. And it's, it's got a real strong following and, um, and really entertaining stuff. So, and we're, that, that's an area we're super excited about is, is uh, the podcast format. because There's so much opportunity there and uh, to, to do some really interesting stuff. So, um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that, that should between looking for our podcast and grandix.co, you can kind of access everything that we're doing.
0: Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win a hundred bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes, and then once you've done that, Text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now.
1: So, Madison, this is the part of the show called The Famous Five. Are you ready to get started? Let's do it. What is your favorite business book? Uh, in Recent History, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. Great. We're actually having on a Thiel fellow relatively soon, so that's going to be kind of exciting to see. Nice. Um, number two, is there a CEO or business professional you're studying in why, other than Peter Thiel?
2: Uh, let me think. Um, I
1: think Jonah Peretti is super interesting, everything he's done with BuzzFeed. Um, I also like Andy Dunn at
2: Bonobos. Uh. Uh, those would probably be the two that just come to mind as interesting founders
1: CEOs doing things in similar spaces. Number three, is there a favorite online tool that you have, like Evernote? Um,
2: Gmail does that count? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Slack. Um, I don't use Evernote, though. I feel like I should because everyone raves about it, but... I mean, we don't use it. We just include it in the show, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. I'd say Slack uh, is probably the one I use the most.
1: Number four, as your company has grown, yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night?
2: I can very definitively say no, but I also have two little kids, so it's
1: kind of... uh, Um, exponential there. And last question, Madison, how old are you right now? 31. 31. So taping back 11 years to your 20-year-old self, what do you wish you knew? (laughs) A lot. Um,
2: Oh, man. Uh, I wish I would have known that... I didn't have to have a definitive plan and that as long as I was doing something productive and learning stuff, then I was moving in the right direction.
1: So there you have it. That was Madison from Grand X. They are growing well, doing over $10 million a year. We are going to include all of the links in the show notes. Madison, thanks for being on with us. Hey, thanks a lot. I appreciate it, y'all.
0: If you guys enjoyed Madison today, go back and listen to Finn Kelly from yesterday episode 285. He's built an accounting firm specifically for young entrepreneurs and he's making a bank. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars and I have something special for you today.